Welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Tony Flynn. And I'm Kevin Decker. Welcome to episode five of season 10. Let the fireworks begin. Season 10. Today's episode, the poignantly entitled, Let's Get That Chip Into Your Head Now. We do want the chip into your head. There's been a delay for a lot of people. All you have to do is get vaccinated. The chip goes in your head and then you're more prone to suggestion. You can go into a fugue state and be slave labor in a salt mine in Utah. But get the chip into your head now. I think that's where we're going with that. That's the goal. And uh, we do have somebody in here who has gotten his chip and has been very compliant as a result. Brian (laughs) Lindsay, an engineer here at the Lower Heights Studio. I have been double faxed. Uh We are are grateful you're here. So you've been faxed. In other Uh words, once you get a chip in your head, you can be sent over a fax machine. Isn't that correct? Awesome. Yeah. Whoa. How does it feel being to yourself? It's a little flat. It's a little, little flat. Yeah, it's a little one-dimensional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no one could accuse but you of that. You do get toned as a result <laughs> of that. Cool. The toner, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got it, Kevin. Uh, okay, Thank good. You. I'm never but sure I'd when like I... But I'd like you to explain I everything else. I have to explain else. my jokes at home also. Well, at least they'd listen to your jokes at home. Yeah. But, Brian, what I'm curious about really is why listening to Men in Charge gives you such pleasure, such joy. Why do you feel like you've just gotten a burst of foreign vitamins when you listen to us? Well, I kind of enjoy hearing the comedy. Oh, when it comes along. <laughs> yes, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do we sometimes need him you just here? wait. You just wait. <laughs> I'm a little surprised. I, I have always meant my sketches to be taken seriously. So I, I'm a little disappointed. The fact that people would laugh at <laughs> yeah. our sketches is hurtful. Yeah. Got and that. I suppose that's what you've been doing periodically. What is it? Upper lower heights? Commanding heights uh, and is lower up heights. above lower heights. Uh-huh. And below lower heights is Pansy, Pansy Hollow. Hollow. Uh, the attentive Hollow. listener will recall that we're referring to the place where the adventures of all our characters take place. It turns out that there's a lower heights in every state, just like Springfield is in The Simpsons, so that's why we chose it's it. It's strange, and it's also conceptually ridiculous. Right. We live in the heights. Lower heights. I wanted to bring up with Brian uh, something from last week's episode, which was we were talking about our favorite Ponzi schemes, mm. and uh, Brian, misheard you. Brian misheard me and thought we were talking about Fonzi schemes. What would a Fonzi scheme be, Brian? And don't do the obvious leather jacket, right? Well, it does involve a leather jacket because yeah. you cannot do a, have a Fonzi scheme without one, but um, water skis are involved. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, because you're jumping that you're shark. You're jumping uh-huh. that shark. Yeah. Um, sometimes I wonder, never mind. That's right. Um, so. You were going to say something sly and arch, but you censored yourself. We don't do that on Men in Charge. Oh, we try well, not to. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder if Men in Charge has possibly jumped the shark, but oh, um, man. I think it's you know, I times. think we actually announced that we did that in the first Was episode it? just to get past that. <laughs> I think we just said. Now we've yeah. been hopping over a we've lot of grotesquely that. sized radioactive carp. I just want to point out for the uh, continuity fanatics like me out there that we have actually featured in Men in Charge Pinky Tuscadero, uh, Fonzie's one-time girlfriend, in the deconstructive analysis of Paul Lynn's 1978 Halloween special, which was aired, I believe, last season. And Pinky Tuscadero played, as everybody will remember, a diner waitress that Paul Lind as a trucker comes into romance. It's funny on a a variety of levels. You had to be there, and maybe if you you listen to it again, but you can find it on the website. Yeah. Um, 
Brian, do you have a favorite or least favorite episode or any episode that you remember of Men in Charge? There are a couple of serieses within the serieses. The space episodes. Oh, yeah. Rocket to the Future. Rocket to the Future. I quite like those. And also the Mr. Lurkawile. Oh, Anders Lurkawile, yeah. I think those are quite fun, too. Yeah. Those are the ones that I I go, oh, it's one of those. We're big fans of all of our work, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We're probably the biggest (laughs) fans. We are are (laughs) self-boosters. We are. We carry our own booster seats in the restaurants. Tony, we have some segments today that might turn into some of Brian's new favorites. Uh, We'll find out. We're starting with a little tete-a-tete between you and I about the station's new guidelines on what and where can be tattooed. Yeah, it's the (laughs) orders sent in from corporate of men in charge enterprises. Where can you put your tattoos? Because what if you already are tattooed in certain places? Can they be grandfathered in or do they have to be removed to you to be an employee here? So, Brian, do you pass tattoo muster? I have a full phalanx of tattoos all over. Okay. Well, some of them are gleaming through now. (laughs) Listener, avert your gaze. In any case, this is where we got the idea for the title. Yeah. Let's get that chip into your head now. After that, hamster sheet cakes. While you're at work or school, your hamsters need things to do, and they're agile bakers. And there's no real hygiene question here of any sort. None that is reported to OSHA in any case. That's right. So hamster sheet cakes. We'll try that out uh, around the middle of the episode here. Also, we get to meet an admirable new entrepreneur or entrepreneurs, as the French would say. They're so pretentious with their language. They have a different word for everything. (laughs) I know. But uh, this is what happens when you're kicked out of the house when you're only 18. Right. Next, we have something called failed narration productions. We've all admired, at least Kevin and I have, the uh, narrations that we do, but not everything makes it onto the air, except, I mean, many of them are failed narrations so that they don't make it on the air, except this is one that did. Yeah, that's right. For a long time, we on Men in Charge have had tradition of reusing material that really should have been thrown away. So, <laughs> But that's how you fill airspace, folks. <laughs> that's so you got to do it. And after that... What's new with you? And the topic today is discount landscaping. Roger Baseman interviews a local Lower Heights landscaper who is very, very disappointed when all his plants die in the fall, and so he he gives a discount. Listen, and uh, maybe he'll leave his number at the end of the segment. Tony, before we get down to business, we have an important station... uh, corporate update we're obligated to read aloud. Yeah, I have a copy of it here, too. Let's take turns reading it. Then we're less likely to just nod off in the middle. Okay, well, it just came down from HR today as we were about to go on the air, and they insist we read it in its entirety. So, here goes. Effective immediately, all men in charge employees, including but not limited to those working in green room maintenance, laugh track sequencing, part-time and seasonal workers, catering marketing, and community apology and litigation, are all directed forthwith to forego immediately any further bodily tattooing. This includes the arms, neck and head areas, upper and lower legs, including ankles, calves, thighs, knee areas, and the entire torso, front and back, from the shoulder to the waistline. 
boy, that affects just about everyone, doesn't it? Nothing specifically about the key grip or best boy. Or the folks over in makeup and R&D, but I assume... Anyway, is this going to grandfather in existing tattoos, or does everybody need to... Um... It does say further tattooing is prohibited, which suggests we can keep whatever we have currently. Ooh, well, that's a relief. Because I paid a fortune for those little guys you're always asking about. You mean the lettering under your toes? The really tiny font stuff? Boy, Tony, it comes in handy. And I just sleep better knowing it's there. Once again, Kevin, the really tiny typeface? Well, I find I'm always losing stuff. You know, old tax returns, appliance warranties, phone numbers of old girlfriends, zippy comebacks I thought of too late, favorite jokes, you know. Yeah, the kind of stuff you find in a neighbor's drawer years after you were looking for it. Exactly. Well, I met this tattoo artist once who said he looked at the human body as a kind of fully fleshed out Dewey Decimal System. We each have a kind of built-in, common-sense, self-organizing structure. You know, most of us have ten toes, two feet, two ears, two arms, right? So? Well, so for example, under my big toe on my left foot and the toe next to it, I have tattooed every federal tax return of mine going back to 2007. But Kevin... How can you possibly read those little teensy-weensy, squint-yourself-into-a-headache letters? That's the trick. The hardest part for the artist, he's got to be completely exceptional. Genuine old school. I mean, really? The letters would have to be microscopic. They are. He gives you a free prescription magnifying glass for each foot. It really helps stretch me out when I'm trying to find where stuff is. Keeps me limber. So this Dewey Decimal thing? Right. So once you memorize the toe map that comes free with each foot, you can find just about anything in a snap. Like under the fourth toe and the pinky toe on my right foot are my insurance policies, car, house, you know. The toes next to that have my family tree back to the middle of the last century. And on the other foot are all my family's birthdays, anniversaries, and upcoming graduation dates. So, kind of like a chip a dog wears? Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's a thought. Wouldn't that have been a lot easier than having to update your little tiny tattoos every so often? Yeah, probably. But hey, they would make going through metal detectors at the airport a real pain in what, for some reason, I like to call the hoochie-cooch. What if they asked me to remove my chip and decided to keep it? then how would I ever find my car warranty? Yeah, okay. But what if you lost your toes in an industrial accident or some such other carelessness on your part? You'd still have the chip in your head. Uh, Maybe. You could be the first human ever to say, I don't care what happens to my toes. It takes a real man to say that. In fact, Kevin, let's go get that chip put in your head right now. Well, okay, I guess. And watch your step. Who knows? (laughs) What might happen to your toes along the way? They're really valuable, and not just on the dark web. You're listening to Men in Charge, where we encourage you to call in and participate in the program from the future. 
Remember, technically all calls are from the future. It takes that long for our neuro-whatevers to process what's right in front of us. Greetings, listener. It's time for a new segment on Men in Charge, A-OK with Gen Z. That's a lot of the alphabet in one spot. (laughs) Today I'm here with Cecily McFadden, owner and manager of Hamster Sheet Cakes. That's quite a combination, young lady. Can you tell me exactly what's going on? What's going on is that my parents turned my room into an Airbnb once I graduated from high school. And now I have to figure out how to pay the rent on my shared apartment. But your business. You have a business, right? Hamsters, sheet cakes. That's the idea. My after-school hamster sitting business was just not bringing in the kind of income I needed. And, well, Mom's idea of helping out was dropping off bulk food that she got at Costco. Wait a minute. You had a hamster sitting business? Still do. You know, those little guys get real tired of the cage full of wood shavings and the squeaky wheel. I mean, round and round and round and... Round. Yeah, I get it. So, while you're at work, your hamster goes to daycare. Daycare? Well, we have playtime, story hour, naps, snacks, and crafts. Hamster crafts? Honestly, hamster crafts have been tough because their little pink paws are, well... Little. It was only when Mom dropped off a 30-pound carton of cake mix that it occurred to me. Cake mixes are easy. The hamsters can do this. Make the cakes. I help with the frosting. Wait a minute. Is this some kind of joke? Sure, you have a lot of hamsters. But I mean, is this hygienic? Oh, they wear hairnets, so it's okay. Here, have a piece. Uh... No, uh, thanks. I just had lunch. It's 4.30. You can have a little sheet cake. No, really. Thanks. No. You can have a little sheet cake. I don't want the sheet cake. You don't want to make the hamsters angry. Hey, get these guys off me. You're the one who made fun of their sheet cakes. (laughs) This is Cecily McFadden. Stepping in as announcer for AOK with Gen Z. Tune in next time when we explore hamster brand deep dish pizza. Oh, okay, okay. Whatever you say, I'll try the pizza. in Charge, the only radio show that dares to take on the controversial subject of piñata suits for men. Hello, I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. Listener, the Men in Charge Petty Cash Fund has largely dissipated, what with Kevin's parking tickets and my penchant for exotic Portuguese liqueurs. So that's why we've decided to cede just a little of our banter time each week to a new paying contributor to the show. We've been told that your blogging shows that you're not really listening to the banter anyway. 
and that's not the kind of attention that our spontaneous drollery deserves. So today, we're introducing Failed Narration Productions and their new series of short audio plays, Failed Narration Productions Presents. We can't say enough good things about this new sponsor, can we, Kevin? We can't, and so we're not even going to start. Let's just let them do their thing, Tony. Failed Narration Productions presents... Hold on, it's too loud. Turn it down. Better. <clears throat> Failed Narration Productions presents a saga for all time, from the depths of the trenches of World War I to the Bolshevik Revolution. It's proletarian specialty cheese. Wait, wait, who are you? I'm the narrator. They told me to start after you said, to the Bolshevik Revolution, it's... You don't need to do that. Just sit down. I'll finish. I'm sorry. Can't do that. They already paid me up front, and my auntie taught me a strict work ethic. You're not needed. Now go sit down. I will, but I won't like it. Yes, listener... Join us for Proletarian Specialty Cheese, the story of two star-crossed lovers who met, met working, working in Proletarian, proletarian cheese, cheese Factory, factory number, number 7 on, on the eve. Why are you speaking again? What is wrong with you? I thought we could do it together. You know, like they say, two narrators are better than one. No, nobody says that. And there are many, many reasons not to have two narrators. Let's just try it. Be a sport. No, now go sit down. And stay sitting down. I bet I can get you to change your mind. No, you can't. Don't even try. I might tickle you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, enough. Somehow you've turned my frown upside down. We'll do it together, but no more tickling. Okay, you start and then I'll chime in. All right. Two star-crossed lovers who met working in proletarian cheese factory number seven on the eve of the first anniversary of Red October. Sasha, in charge of the Galansky cheese vats, finds himself mooning over Vanya, whose apprenticeship to the Rosiski cheese master Sternoff will be, will be broken as, the white as a passion that defies every type of cheese erupt. Wait! You're working off the wrong script! Let me see that! You're working off the wrong script. Look at the date. These are the latest pages. You know something? I don't like the look of your face. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do about it? I'm going to slap you, that's what. Oh, you beast! Well, I can slap with the best of them. You stinking radish. What are you thinking oh, about? Oh, you cad. Where did you even learn to narrate? A public Your nose school? looks like a... Like a beat experiment Your gone wrong. sounds like gravel. I don't even know how they got you into this job, you Was miserable Was your grandmother cur. a general in the last war? Well, you should know, since your grandfather served under her. Well, that happened. Perhaps we really should have taken the title seriously, Kevin. Failed narration productions. I thought it was a joke. This is a comedy program. Yes, well, apparently that joke is on us. But we get to keep their sponsorship money, right? 
Don't tell me you've got another parking ticket. No, the car's in the impound, and yet today, they booted my bicycle. You're listening to Men in Charge, the home of Hungary's Crasplasian Family Radio Puppetry Theater. Hello everyone, Roger Baseman here, still checking the mail for my 1987 Baritone of the Year Award. But it's time once again for another check-in with the latest star in our firmament of sponsors. He's the man with the green thumb, sitting by himself over there in the corner. None other than the landscape artist Spade Debril himself. Welcome to the show. That's pronounced D-E-B-R-I-S, like in debris. If you're sure. But you don't look French. Well... I did grow up right here in Lower Heights, but in the French Quarter. There's a French Quarter in Lower Heights? Uh, maybe not a whole quarter. I'm bad with fractions. And by the way, the landscaping crew and I want to thank you for the chance to meet your listenership, if that's the right word. I've been called many things, but your listenership hits the right note of reverence. So, anyway, at Tuesday's staff meeting, someone in the advancement department here at the station was wondering why you would call your landscaping firm, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? That seems, oh, I don't know, a little... Straightforward? Yeah, I know. But it's an important question I bet most folks in our line of work are always asking. We are? Have you ever noticed, when you look closely at your front yard, that certain flowers and plants seem to be there one day? And then, poof! Next time you turn around, they're all gone. Like magic. Where'd they all go? Well, of course, a lot of that has to do with the season. Obviously, you need to water in the summer when it's hot. But we've noticed even by then, it may be too late. And then there's the really weird thing. Some trees, especially around here, the real big green needly ones. We don't really need to ever water them at all but they hardly ever disappear at all. So what you're describing is... Well, we could have named the business something like The Rake's Progress, or maybe Root Sports, or even The Branch Office. But we thought by acknowledging the problem smack dab in the company name itself, we would let folks know we were straight shooters from the get-go. You keep mentioning the problem. What is the exact problem you're talking about? To find where all the flowers went. And to make sure when we're done with a job, they stay put. That's simple. Okay, well, that makes a kind of sense. 
you see yourselves as restoring order to the natural world, to leave it, as it were, better off than you found it? Bingo. Exactly so. The longer one is in this game, the more satisfying it gets. One step forward and all of that. So, what about mulching? Do you ever, well, hobnob with the competition, compare notes? When to mulch, how much, you know, and why so much stuff goes missing year after year? Not in any formal way. We see each other, of course, when we're both working in the same neighborhood, say. But we're really just too busy, you know? Especially during the heavy loss season. To really, you know, chit-chat. Probably would learn a few tips from each other. And the heavy loss season is exactly what again? Ah, it's generally the period when many, if not most, of the flowers and blossoms in a given area begin to give up the ghost, as it were. Why the coop? And is that a particular time of year? I mean, is there a kind of predictive pattern about this phenomenon? Ah, let's see. Around here, it's generally October-ish or so. I hear through the grapevine the same thing can happen at completely different times of the year. So, like in Chile or New Zealand, I've heard rumors that the heavy loss season can even hit around Christmas time. How'd you like to wake up Christmas morning and find all your tulips dead? And uh, another question, as long as you're in the studio, why the word discount in Where Have All the Flowers Gone Discount Landscaping? Can you afford that? Is there always a discount? Well, when we started this outfit, we made a promise to ourselves and ultimately to the customer that until we could put a definitive finger on exactly why all these flowers many of which we ourselves had planted, continue to disappear year after year, like clockwork almost. We couldn't in good faith charge full price. That must cut into your bottom line. Well, sure. But oddly enough, since we seem to have a lot of repeat customers over the years, it all comes out in the wash, almost. Well, it certainly has been fun introducing you to the audience, and lest I forget, here's a formal welcome aboard to the men in charge ever-expanding honor roll of sponsorships. Well, it certainly is our pleasure, and meeting you in person, your listenership, is a landscaper's delight. And your thumb really is green. Hold it up to the microphone to show everyone. And thanks again to your crew with... Where have all the flowers gone discount landscaping for helping underwrite our show? Actually, it's just my brother and me now, and he really just basically drives the van when it's running. Well, then you should go gather your roses while the sun shines. Until then, this is Roger Basement, still checking the mail here at the station for something about me. Hope, like spring, uh, spring's eternal. Happy gardening, everyone. Keep those shovels sharp, your hose handy, and don't lose those gnarly old garden gloves. Because remember, it probably is spring somewhere right now. You can look it up. 
Wangad aplo the shore sorte, the drochte of march hath herded the rote, and bathed every vine in switch liqueur, of which virtue engendered is the floor. Pan Zephyrus ache with his sweaty breath, in spirit hath in every halt and hath, the tender coppice and the youngest sonne, hath in the ram his half a course erone. Kevin, I'm still sh- <laughs> still shampooing my. <laughs> Kevin, I'm still doing the cleanup in aisle three. Could you thank the cast? Yeah, Tony has gardening gloves on, so I have to thank the cast. It's a small cast, so we'll thank them each twice. Thank you, thank you. Anne, Porter, Scott Herrick, Steve Lloyd, Faith Lloyd, Tony Flynn, and Kevin Decker. And we'd also like to thank the writers for today. Scott Herrick, Kevin Decker, and... And Porter, not me. Did you hear that I wasn't in there? That's they didn't like the show, not my fault. Yeah. We'd also like to thank the nine people who, <laughs> because names have been removed, we're only going to do four. Kerry Boyce, Vern Windham, Nancy Roth, Nisha Schramm, and the only man whose secret identity is a secret even to him, Brian Lindsay. Brian Lindsay.